Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 338, and today we are talking about great books from 2021 to give as gifts. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Patricia LZ Tuttle, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Patricia, hello. Hey, Lib. How does it feel not having to read something for the show this week? It's a little break. (laughs) It's a little break. And so I'm getting to read whatever I want, you know, shows that have already been talked about by someone else that I've been wanting to read. And I'm just filling all my time with reading all of the books that I can't necessarily use for the show. Um, So it's pretty fun it is fun i love i like from like now until the end of the year we usually don't i i mean we do like uh december reading one of the weeks you know the best of december so i do reading for that but you know other than that i don't have to do any reading and i'm always like i'm gonna catch up on all the stuff that i missed (laughs) i'm gonna get so much reading done right and it it never happens like it just it never happens <laughs> at the end of the year. I'm like, ah, I meant to read all these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been tearing through a lot of graphic novels, though. Graphic novels are good. Yeah, I've just you know they keep piling up, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna like tear through a bunch of comics. So that's been pretty great. But this is the first time I'm doing the gift show, mm-hmm. and I am so excited about today's show. I'm excited about today's show, too. Um, It's really fun to do. And the thing about the gift show is that we get to talk about some books that we may not have covered during the year. We don't do a lot of art books. We don't do a lot of cookbooks, mostly because we don't get a chance to read them ahead of time. You know, working at the bookstore several years ago, you know, we used to get physical galleys and I would get a bunch of those. And I learned and, you know, I don't know if this is still the case, but back then it was like, it costs twice as much to print a galley as it did to print a finished copy because of the limited print run. Oh. They would charge you more. Or because there were fewer, maybe they charged the same amount, but because you printed fewer, you know, they cost more. And mostly they're they're just printing novels and nonfiction, like for galleys. And they've switched to e-galleys. There's a lot of e-galleys now. And I'm guessing it probably costs more now to print physical galleys. They don't do as many. And art books, even back then, just you know, cookbooks, you just didn't get galleys of them because they're so picture heavy, you know, it's glossy paper. So it's hard to like replicate that in in a galley and, and they don't work well as e-galleys. Sometimes on my laptop, I can read them if they have them occasionally like offered as like a a PDF or something, but it's just not the same. So it's not worth printing up physical galleys for them. So occasionally you get like a description and a few pictures, but I'm just going on and on about these galleys now, and <laughs> which is why I was so excited about the gift show because, you know, we talk about all these beautiful books that, you know, we don't talk about during the year, and I did manage to actually get 
look at almost all of these. So Ooh. I'm very excited. But yeah, so there's your little galley history knowledge. <laughs> and uh, any any details that were wrong are my fault, as always. <laughs> but yeah, we've got a great selection today. So before we get started, let's hear from our first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Song of the Silks Realms by Judy Eyelin. Shu Wei is a talented young musician who was orphaned at a young age. Her sole family is a kindly uncle, but then her uncle is killed and she is, of course, devastated. With no family and no patron, Shu Wei is facing the possibility of a lifetime of servitude playing the chin. Then one night, she is unexpectedly called to perform for the enigmatic Duke Meng. He surprises Shu Wei further with an irresistible offer. Serve as a musician in residence at his manor for one year and he'll set her free of her indenture. But the Duke's motives become increased more sus when he and Shue barely survive an attack by a nightmarish monster. It's like, what, <laughs> what's going on here? So this book is a sweeping epic romanticy that follows a talented young musician who is swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young duke. And who doesn't want to be swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young duke? She's living all our dreams, honestly. Make sure to check out the new book. And thanks again to Song of the Six Realms by Judy Eileen for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> Before we get started, I also want to let you know that we are hiring an advertising sales manager. That's right, you can come work with Book Riot as an advertising sales manager. If you like books and comics, if helping advertisers who want to reach an enthusiastic community of books and comic lovers excites you, this job may be for you, especially if you have prior sales or account management experience. We are committed to building an inclusive workforce and strongly encourage applications from women, individuals with disabilities, and people of color. There's health, retirement, and 160 hours of annual PTO. Those are just some of the benefits that you can expect. To apply, visit bookriot.com join dash us. And you can apply by December 5th of this year, that's 2021, if you would like to apply for the position. Okay. So I thought I would just start out with one of my favorite books of the year, which will not surprise anyone, but will excite a lot of people. It is Best Wishes, Warmest Regards, The Story of Schitt's Creek by Daniel Levy and Eugene Levy. I have never seen a book about pop culture that delivers more, I don't think. And I'm not exaggerating. If you love this show, 
This is a must-have. Schitt's Creek is, is, you know, an adorable Canadian comedy that was on for four years. Everybody in it is fantastic. It's, like, full of warm fuzzies. It's just so great. Tons of great lines, tons of great jokes. It is just a, a fantastic show. It felt to me like watching it, it wasn't on very long and there weren't many episodes, but in looking at this book, you realize, like, wow, there was so much that they packed into these five seasons. And this is just the most incredible coffee table, full-color picture book of the show. Um, it has episode guides. There's interview with cast members. They Interviews with cast members. They talk about, you know, their each of their thoughts on the roles that they played and what they did in this in this show and or in this particular episode and this and this and this and there are hundreds if not thousands of full color photos like i'm not exaggerating it also has just incredible it has fan art there is a ton of amazing fan art uh there's all these special sections regarding the show um there's a whole catalog of David's sweaters. There's the world according to according to David Rose and like all the things that he likes and doesn't like. There's a map called Love That Journey for Me and it's a, all the places that Alexis mentions having been to all over the world. There's the Moira Cabulary and her favorite words. There's the actual cafe tropical menu. There's a collage of all the people all over the country who have you David license plates, which is hilarious. And then my favorite section of all, which, like, you just cannot not have this, is a section of every single one of Moira's outfits, because she is a style icon, and there are pages of pictures of all of her outfits. Just just amazing. I could go on about this book forever. I mean, it has a hefty price tag. I think it's $40, maybe $50, but it's worth it. It absolutely is worth it, especially... Well, I mean, I guess you're not going to read it if you're not a fan of the show. Maybe you would, but it's it's a must-have for fans of the show. So it's a great, great gift for you or someone you love. It is Best Wishes, Warmest Regards, The Story of Schitt's Creek by Daniel Levy and Eugene Levy. So the books that I have for today, I only maybe have gotten to look at a few, like a handful of them. And then like the rest are just on my own wish list. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to start with the New York Times cooking no recipe recipes by Sam Sifton. I am really excited about this book, and it's definitely one that's on my personal wish list. Sam Sifton is the founding editor of New York Times cooking. This book features 100 no recipe recipes, each with a full color photograph Personally, I really appreciate when cookbooks have a photo of each of the recipes. But like I said, these are no recipe recipes. They're more like ideas, I'm assuming, that are supposed to help cultivate and support more intuitive cooking that is unique to the person cooking and is more likely to use ingredients that the person cooking may already have on hand. The whole idea of this excites me a lot because I am personally working on my intuitive cooking. I've gotten pretty good at like looking at recipes and then see where I'm able to zhuzh them to my liking without having to follow step by step and be exact about ingredient quantities. It helps build confidence in the kitchen. This cookbook encourages freestyle cooking and also allows for home cooks to make as much or as little of a recipe as they want or need. 
It includes arbitrary measurements like a bloop or a couple of glugs or a fistful. Some of the recipes sound amazing. Fried egg quesadillas, pizza without a crust, weeknight fried rice, oven s'mores, fettuccine with minted ricotta, smothered pork chops with onions and sautéed greens. I want it all. It is definitely not a cookbook for someone who needs to follow things step by step and told everything to do. But I think a lot of people have been working on their cooking during the pandemic. And I feel like this recipe is another way to level up. It's the New York Times cooking no recipe recipes by Sam Sifton. Now, I know what you're saying about these being on your wish list, because I am a monster. And was like, when we were putting these together, I was like, well, obviously I need this book and I need this book because I'm going to talk about them on the show. So like I bought most of these um, because I'm ridiculous. I'm a ridiculous monster. Even like my local indie that I order from, they're like, seriously, (laughs) you know, like, are you are you okay? I'm like, I need all of these. We have some pretty strict rules around buying stuff for ourselves around the holidays uh. just to allow people to get them for us. <laughs> or at least or, or to be able to say like if someone asks, "What do you want?" I can I can point to one of these books. Yeah. My husband and I are very different about gift giving. We both have very different interests, and we are usually just like, this is a thing that I want, so I'm going to get it. And so we don't even, like, bother trying to get things for each other, because my husband likes guitars, and, like, you can only have so many. I mean, you can have a lot, but they're very expensive, you know? So he'll be like, I'm going to buy myself a new guitar for Christmas, and I'll be like, okay. You know, like, that's his thing. So I'm like, I don't have to do any shopping, I don't have to do any wrapping, I don't have to do anything. Every day is a holiday for me when it comes to books. (laughs) It's pretty lucky that he doesn't listen to the show. (laughs) Oh, so my next pick, which I also purchased when it came out, this one I got when it came out because I was really excited about this one, is Notable Native People, 50 Indigenous Leaders, Dreamers, and Changemakers from Past and Present by Adrian Keene and Ciara Sana. And this is... An incredible illustrated book about American Indian people, Alaskan natives, and Native Hawaiian people, and their contribution, the contributions of indigenous artists, activists, scientists, athletes, and other change makers. Each person has a beautifully illustrated portrait, and then the opposite page is a full page bio about each person and all their accomplishments and why they are important. There's a fascinating section called Who Belongs. There's another called Whose Land Are You On? And the book covers important indigenous issues like cultural appropriation and colonialism. And some of the incredible people covered are professional basketball player Kyrie Irving, who was once a Boston Celtic, I will point out. Uh, Nick Hansen from American Ninja Warrior. Prima ballerina Maria Tallchief. Congresswoman Sharice Davids. Wilma Mankiller, the first female principal chief of the Cherokee Nation, and author Tommy Orange, who was born, I found out, the same year that I graduated, and it made me feel really old. (laughs) Um, And it's just, it's full of history and fascinating people that you should know about. 
And the author herself, Adrienne Keene, is very interesting. She is a member of the Cherokee Nation and also the founder of Native Appropriations, a blog on contemporary indigenous issues, analyzing the way that indigenous peoples are represented in popular culture, covering issues of cultural appropriation in fashion and music and stereotyping in film and other media. It's a really fascinating blog. I highly recommend checking that out. It's called Native Appropriations. And I highly recommend checking out this book. It's great for all ages. There is a lot of text in the bios, so it's not for younger readers. However, the pictures are beautiful, so if they want to flip through it, it's, you know, that works too. It is called Notable Native People, 50 Indigenous Leaders, Dreamers, and Changemakers from Past and Present by Adrian Keene and Ciara Sana. You just reminded me I need to buy myself that book. Yes. I am a fan of Dr. Adrian Keene's work, and I first heard from her on another podcast that is no longer happening called Another Round, and just when she was on the show, she just blew me away. So just add notable Native people to my book list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be so poor after this show. I say go ahead and buy it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think that one I'm just going to order for myself. My next pick is Hill House Living, The Art of Creating a Joyful Life by Paula Sutton. I am always excited to receive books in the mail. I will never tire of it. But this book, I received a finished copy. I legitimately squealed and ran around my apartment. Paula Sutton is at Hill House Vintage on Instagram. She and her family live in a gorgeous home in the English countryside, and her Instagram is the epitome of country house aesthetic. Every single post of hers makes me absolutely swoon and spiral off into daydreams. This book is a full-color, gorgeous, informative piece of art. Paula, or Auntie Paula, as some of us Black folks on the internet call her, is unabashed in her joy and sharing it with the world. This book not only has beautiful photos, but recipes and tips on shopping vintage or antique, and how to style your home and or space and make it reflect you. I love vintage and antique shopping a lot, and I love that Auntie Paula has made this so accessible because often people don't even know the difference between what is vintage versus what is antique. Antique, by the way, can be certified that it is 100 years or older as opposed to vintage. She also writes about country house aesthetics in relation to the cottagecore aesthetic, as well as an important section on race and country house style. And also just the idea that Black people embracing this aesthetic are non-conventional or that we should be a monolith of style and that somehow this isn't for us. There is so much in this book, an interior styles timeline, some guidance on how to create your own quiet nook, country house style throughout the seasons, and so much more. And on top of that, this book has gorgeous end papers, which is a way to get directly to my heart. I really love this book. I am so thrilled that I own a copy of it. It is Hill House Living, The Art of Creating a Joyful Life by Paula Sutton. All right. My next pick is Little Pieces of Hope, Happy Making Things in a Difficult World by Todd Doty and Josie Portillo. And Todd Doty 
had started doing this thing on his Instagram account where he would post a photo of a place, usually in New York City, where he lives, and he would write things, happy-making things that he could think of that day that, you know, made him smile or made him feel good or made him feel good about the world. And he was doing this for several years. Uh, and then, of course, there was the pandemic. He couldn't go out and take photos like he was before, but he was still, you know, coming up with these ideas. And it ended up being a book. This is a, a is a charming little book that would be great for carrying around with you if you need some inspiration or you know, you want to think about some great things, you know, you open it up and there's just these long lists of happy making things. Uh, you know, for instance, like I'm going to open it up and it says, you know, French braids, French toast, French bulldogs, your favorite restaurant, your favorite movie, your favorite memory. And it's just these long lists of like things to think about. And he also has other sections called things you might consider doing today. There are playlists, there are bucket list suggestions, and you just kind of stop and, and think about these things. You know, you could read it all at once, but that's a whole lot of, like, happy making, you know, at one time, you know. Or maybe, like, you just check this out and look at it, you know, daily or weekly. I imagine that there are going to be sequels uh, because it sounds wonderful to say that there are a lot of happy making things in the world. And I foresee, like, a, a daily calendar. It's just, it has adorable illustrations that go along with it. Uh, and I do want to, you know, full disclosure, I do know Todd Doty through his work for Doubleday. Um, I've met him at several author events, and he was just promoted to Senior Vice President of Publicity and Communications at Knopf Doubleday Publishing Group, which is exciting. He's so deserving of the position because, like this book, he is this delightful. This is so him. He's this delightful and optimistic and funny, and it's just a cute little book to share with the world. It's called Little Pieces of Hope, Happy Making Things in a Difficult World by Todd Doty and Josie Portillo. That sounds adorable. It is adorable. And it's just like a little paperback and you can get like two or ten and, <laughs> you know, hand them out to all your friends. Nice. Or, you know, put them all around your house. <laughs> For the next book I'm going to recommend, it's titled Black Food, Stories, Art, and Recipes from Across the African Diaspora, curated by Bryant Terry. This book is high on my personal wish list. It has recipes, but I'm hesitant to label it as only a cookbook because that does an injustice to the breadth of knowledge, creativity, love, culture, history, art connection I could go on and on that is contained in this book, which has over a hundred contributors. This book was named one of the best books of the year by both Time Out and Publishers Weekly, if you are into that sort of thing. This book is a love letter to Black culinary ingenuity. Food in Black culture can be so much more than just fuel. I mean, we call it soul food, right? And this book explores that through recipes, artwork, poetry, and essays. Some examples of included pieces are Jollifing with Toni Morrison by Sarah Ladipo Manika, Queer Intelligence by Zoe Adjonio, the Spiritual Ecology of Black Food by Leah Penniman and Food Steps in Motion by Michael W. Twitty. And I freaking love Michael Twitty and will buy anything that has his name on it. This is a large, gorgeous book, and it just sings out to me every time I pass it on the shelf at the bookstore. 
And then I learned coincidentally, it also includes a playlist curated by Bryant Terry. This is a book for people who love food and cooking down through their soul. It's Black Food, Stories, Art, and Recipes from Across the African Diaspora, curated by Bryant Terry. All right. I, I'm just loving all these these books that we're talking about. Maybe we could do like a little, I don't know, just like a little thing at the end of the show, like a picture book add-in or something, you know, about cookbooks or art books that day. I don't know. I'm talking out loud. Um that is what everyone does. I'm thinking out loud. There we go. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, out yes, loud. You are. you're using your outside voice. <laughs> what was what was that? Oh god, what was that old Ed Burns movie where his dad used to say, "You shut up when you're talking to me." <laughs> oh god. Oh, anyway, so moving on. Uh, my next. Book. There's one from DK every year when we do the show. If you've listened to the show before, you know that Dorling Kindersley is like my favorite publisher. I wanted to work for them when I was a little kid. Uh, my pick this time is Natural History, which is put out by uh, DK and Smithsonian Institution. This is a re-release. It came out 11 years ago, uh, but since it was released, thousands of new species have been identified. And so they've added a whole bunch to this book. And they've learned so much about the species within this book in the past decade. So they've changed some, you know, and updated a lot of the information. And it features galleries of over 5,000 species around the world of all kinds of things. Rocks, microbes, trees, insects, birds, plants. There's one section called Hedgehogs, Moles, and Relatives, which I like. I wanted it to be more like, you know, this is my Uncle Frank and this is my Aunt Mary. And, but, you know... I'll take, you know, hedgehog relatives. It was adorable. There's things about beetles and, like, just amazing. If you've never seen a DK guide, like, you must. They make them in all different sizes for all different ages. And while I said that there were thousands of pictures in that Schitt's Creek book, this easily has several thousand color images because there's, like, a whole thing of all these different beetles and there's a whole thing of fish and... It's just amazing. I never get tired of looking at them. DK makes the best guides. They are so full of things to look at. And they have thousands of guides, you know, about space, about sharks, about Legos, about all the things that you could think of. I highly recommend getting them. And they make them for all different ages. It's incredible. I actually have the old version of this. But while I was looking at this, I ended up ordering two other books from my local indie from DK this year because I, I did not realize there was a new book about ancient Egypt that just came out. So I was like, I well, have to have that one. If you love nature, if you love looking at pretty pictures, I highly recommend this one. It's Natural History by DK and the Smithsonian Institution. DK books are so good. And do they still, I know they used to also make travel guides. I think they still do. Yeah, I I have a couple of them. And it's just so great to have like these travel guides that also have full color pictures. And like DK books are always such an amazing gift. There's like one for everything. There, there really is. I mean, and it looks like they do still do travel guides and they also do like the top 10 things to see in like big cities. Yeah. I think I bought... I. Did I buy one about Las Vegas when I eloped many years ago? I think I did. You know, it's hard. Travel guides are hard 
because the information changes so quickly. Yeah. You know, like, they're expensive and you have to update them every year. But it looks like they're still doing them. So that's exciting. So I have a book that I have actually talked about on the show before. But I need to mention it again. It is Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself by Nedra Glover-Tawab. If you, like me, lack subtlety, sometimes you gift people some self-help slash self-improvement books. This book in particular, though, goes on my short list of books that I recommend to absolutely everyone, maybe not young children, but everyone else. Nedra Tawab is a therapist, content creator, and expert at boundaries. While this book is built on the premise that boundaries are healthy and make strong foundations for healthy relationships, it goes well beyond just cheerleading. There is actual concrete advice for drawing boundaries from what words to say and how to say them to advice on when boundaries should be drawn. When drawing boundaries, guilt comes with the territory, and Tawab offers clear tips on drawing boundaries, but also how to mitigate the guilt that stems from drawing and maintaining boundaries. I got an ebook review copy of this book earlier this year, and then when it published, I bought multiple hardcover copies and the audiobook, and we are all in luck because she has an accompanying workbook being published on December 14th. And then, spoiler, I'm probably giving out some copies of this book as gifts myself. It is just, like, my mouth just hung open the entire time I read the book, and it's one of those where, like, I want to underline or highlight a section, and then I look back, and I've just basically, like, underlined an entire chapter. It is Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself by Nedra Glover-Tawab. All right. My next pick, I think I... I have done an Atlas Obscura book the last few years, too. Their new one is Gastro Obscura, which sounds painful, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud. It's Gastro Obscura, a food adventurer's guide by Cecily Wong and Dylan Thuris and Atlas Obscura. Atlas Obscura is an online-based magazine and travel company, which was started by the author Joshua Fower and some other people whose names I'm forgetting now. Uh, and they just talk about, like, really random things around the world, like cool, you know, sites to see and some, you know, off-the-path things to check out when you're traveling. They've done an Explorer's Guide to the World's Hidden Wonders. There's the Atlas Obscura Explorer's Guide for the World's Most Adventurous Kid, which is coming out next year. And this book covers all seven continents, and they talk about the amazing foods and ingredients and history of foods in all these different places around the globe. There's a beer made from fog in Chile. There's the Threads of God pasta in Sardinia. Uh, there's Egypt's 2,000-year-old egg ovens. This book touches on history, culture, travel, festivals, and some random things that you might know like the vending machine in Texas that dispenses full-size pecan pies. Now, I am recommending this because I know so many of you love food, you love adventure, you love travel. I will say this book is totally wasted on me. <laughs> I eat plain pasta and brown rice, and I'm just, <laughs> like, I'm the worst. I'm not a foodie at all. You know, like, it's, like, 
I love looking at all these pictures and all of this stuff is very interesting to me. So it's not wasted on me. But like, you know, I don't try anything. I don't do anything. Meanwhile, I'm immediately <laughs> adding this book to my list. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm recommending it because so many, and I, I'm just like, oh, look at how boring you are. Like talking to myself, looking at this book, you know. Because it is, well, that, like, even if you're not into food, it's full of history, it's full of travel. There are some things in this book, you know, like, as a vegan, I'm not going to eat that. But, you know, it's very interesting and has lots of great pictures. And it's really fun. So this one is called Gastro Obscura, A Food Adventurer's Guide by Cecily Wong and Dylan Thuris and Atlas Obscura. And now, Patricia, before we hear about your next book, uh, we are going to hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Charming, easygoing, and rich, Xavier Castillo has the world at his fingertips. He also has no interest in taking over his family's empire, but that hasn't stopped women from throwing themselves at him. Unless, of course, the woman in question is his publicist. The cool, the intelligent, the ambitious Sloan Kensington, who is a high-powered publicist who's used to dealing with difficult clients, but none infuriate or tempt her more than a certain billionaire heir with his stupid dimples and laid back attitude. She may be forced to work with him, but she'll never fall for him because he's a client and that's all he'll ever be. Right? Right, girl. Like we all know. So just in case you didn't know, author Anna Wong is the best-selling author and book talk viral author of the Twisted Love series, the King of Sin series, Miss Wong, got it going on, okay? Make sure to check out King of Sloth by Anna Wong. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated. So Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student. But how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative Space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't, and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought-provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic-focused, and it really just looks at everyday anxieties and low-threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode. Okay, what do you have for us next? Keeping with the food theme, I have pasta, the spirit and craft of Italy's greatest food, with recipes by Missy Robbins and Talia Baiocchi. Homemade pasta is the express train straight to my heart. I've only made it a couple times in my life, but I want to do it more, and maybe that's going to be one of my 2022 goals. It's also fairly easy, and you don't technically need any special equipment. So again, this is another book that's on my wish list. Pasta, the spirit and craft of Italy's greatest food with recipes, offers recipes for 40 handmade pasta shapes and 100 Italian-American, regional Italian, and modern dishes from one of New York's premier pasta chefs. 
in its most basic form, pasta is just flour and water or flour and eggs. After that, you can then make the resulting dish as fancy or as simple as you want, and also as inexpensive as you want. The pasta recipes are illustrated step by step, and on top of all of the recipes, there are also some non-pasta recipes for vegetable side dishes. The idea of making your own pasta can be really intimidating, and it's the step-by-step instructions that make this book an ideal gift. Besides, if you've never had freshly made pasta, you are missing out. It is absolute heaven. This book is Pasta, the Spirit and Craft of Italy's Greatest Food, with recipes by Missy Robbins and Talia Baiocchi. No, I just want to eat pasta. Same. Yeah, maybe I'll do that after. I also, like, you probably cannot see this. I don't know how this works with Google Docs, but in the document, I see you as Anonymous Llama. And now I'm like, I'm so watching The Emperor's New Groove when we're done with this. I'm going to (laughs) eat pasta and watch The Emperor's New Groove. Llama face. All right. I'm a little punchy. It's kind of late here. We have a, you know, a three-hour time difference when we record, and, and I had to record late this evening, so... You're getting me at my midnight-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Lib's not her freshest right now. <laughs> so my next pick is one for history buffs. There's got to be some history books when you do gifting. This is The Three Mothers, How the Mothers of Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and James Baldwin Shaped a Nation by Anna Malika Tubbs. This one is for the history fans. Uh, It is about the mothers of three icons of the civil rights movement, who you probably have never heard of, you know, or heard talked about before now. And this is such an interesting book. It's about their lives, like their beginnings, their struggles, what these women gave up for their families. You know, they all had plans of going to college and only one of them uh, ended up being able to. And it talks about their son's early years how each of them came to their convictions and learned about activism through the teachings of their mothers. Their mothers all strongly believed that an education was the most important thing that you can have. And this is how they taught their sons their beliefs and to stand strong in the face of the racist nation that they lived in. And they also had such unconditional love for their children. It's a celebration of motherhood from three women who have been long overlooked It's The Three Mothers, How the Mothers of Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and James Baldwin Shaped a Nation by Anna Malika Tubbs. Huh. I have a closely related book. Also had to talk about a history book um, during this show. So my next pick is The Matter of Black Lives, Writing from the New Yorker, edited by Jelani Cobb and David Remnick. This is a massive anthology of pieces on race that have been published in the New Yorker spanning an entire century's worth of writing. It is 848 pages. It is a huge book with a phenomenal diversity of essays. There are historical pieces such as Rebecca West's classic account of a 1947 lynching trial and James Baldwin's Letter from a Region in My Mind, There are also a number of contemporary pieces that explore the state of race in education now and the prison industrial complex. This book boasts a phenomenal list of contributors. 
Toni Morrison, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Hilton Owls, Zadie Smith, Henry Louis Gates Jr., and so many more. And the materials included are a wide range. Essays, reported pieces, profiles, criticism, historical pieces, and more. This is a great gift for folks who enjoy nonfiction about race or have an interest in sociology or history. It's The Matter of Black Lives, writing from The New Yorker, edited by Jelani Cobb and David Remnick. All right, I'm going to move on to a picture book. There are so many amazing picture books every year, and I think this one is really important, and it's a really great gift for younger readers. It is called Outside, Inside by Lewen Pham. Lewen Pham is a Caldecott honoree, and this is a beautiful picture book about helping young kids understand the times we live in, how everyone used to be able to go outside, and now some people have to stay inside. Pham illustrates a diverse world that has suddenly been put on hold. You see, you know, a picture of a very busy street, and then you see that street empty, except maybe there's like a cat, uh, and some there's some wildlife walking around. It also celebrates essential workers. It's a great gift for young readers. It's aimed at ages three to six. Uh, it's for kids who may be having a difficult time understanding what is going on right now. And like I said, it's beautifully illustrated and has easily accessible text. It is Outside, Inside by Lewen Fan. For my next pick, I have another cookbook. <laughs> I can right. do Cookbook Riot. <laughs> so I have the Italian Bakery Step-by-Step Recipes with the Silver Spoon. Okay, so I have two go-to books when it comes to Italian cooking before I start looking stuff up on the internet. The first is my well-loved inherited copy of Marcello's Italian Kitchen by Marcella Hazan. And then the other one is my giant copy of The Silver Spoon. It is gigantic. It is about three inches thick and 1,200 pages. This year, The Silver Spoon released The Italian Bakery, their first cookbook for desserts. Yes, of course, this is also on my wish list. I, like I said, I could have a whole podcast of just cookbooks. The Italian Bakery is just over 350 pages and came out on November 3rd. It not only has 140 fairly accessible recipes, but also 50 building block recipes that act as the foundations for so many desserts. Very importantly, there are step-by-step photos, and this cookbook is good for all levels, beginners and more experienced bakers alike. There's also a wide range of recipes from cakes to pastries, pies, cookies, sweets and chocolates, and frozen puddings as well. Now, I know the recipes in the regular huge Silver Spoon cookbook are pretty sparse on instructions, but from what I've seen of this book, the recipes in the Italian bakery are a bit more fleshed out, so don't be too intimidated. It is another great gift. It's the Italian bakery step-by-step recipes with the Silver Spoon. All right, and I'm going to wrap it up with a book I discussed when it came out, but it's worth mentioning again because it is about books and reading, and this is a show about books and reading. And cats and all kinds of other stuff. But this is Mental Floss, The Curious Reader, a literary miscellany of novels and novelists by Erin McCarthy and the team at Mental Floss. 
I miss Mental Floss Magazine. I know it's online still, but oh, how I loved getting Mental Floss Magazine in the mail. Just full of lists and all kinds of fun and weird stuff that you probably didn't know. And that is what this book is about, but it's about authors and writing and reading. Uh, just lists galore. It has chap like chapters, well, not even chapters, they're like one-page examinations of like a hundred different authors, including some of the biggest authors in literature, like Harper Lee, Kazuo Ishiguro, Kurt Vonnegut, Jane Austen, Ha Jin, Arundhati Roy, and Toni Morrison. And each section has facts about each author uh, and quotes and little known facts about authors, maybe something funny that they said, uh, you know, a different job that they used to hold. It also includes writing advice, talks about some of the unfinished manuscripts of these authors, uh, their favored punctuation marks and ones that they didn't use. And then it also answers a couple of age-old questions like, why do we love old book smell? And what's the difference between a novella and a short story, which I read and still do not remember. <laughs> but it's so fascinating. You can read it all at once or read it in bits. It's perfect for book lovers. And it's it's not too bad. I think it's like $25. So it's it's pretty reasonable for a lovely Christmas gift. It is Mental Floss, The Curious Reader, a literary miscellany of novels and novelists by Erin McCarthy and the team at Mental Floss. For my last pick of the day... Um, yes, I have another food book. It's kind of a cook, uh, would you call it a cookbook? I, eh, eh, we'll see. It's The Cocktail Workshop, An Essential Guide to Classic Drinks and How to Make Them Your Own by Stephen Grass and Adam Aris. So fun fact for those of you who don't know, I went to bartending school and my senior year of college, I bartended for private parties in Beverly Hills and Bel Air, et cetera, et cetera, to make some cash. So I love mixing drinks. I don't do it anymore for money so much, just at home. So most cocktail recipe books are just that. They are recipes. They don't actually teach you the art nor the science of mixology. America's Test Kitchen came out with How to Cocktail in 2019, which was great, but The Cocktail Workshop by Stephen Grass and Adam Aris steps up the game even more, and it is an excellent addition to bartending instruction literature, which is sparse, and a great gift for anyone who mixes drinks at home beyond a rum and coke. The Cocktail Workshop walks us through the fundamentals of 20 classic cocktails and then teaches you how to zhuzh them, to level them up and make them your own by manipulating flavors, techniques, ingredients. And it also gets into things like aging and infusing and garnishes, which FYI, garnishes are not just decoration. They are an integral part of a cocktail. Same goes for ice. In this book, you don't only learn recipes, you learn skills. And each drink has a workshop portion and different levels. Apprentice level, journeyman level, and master level. This is a great gift for people who, one, drink alcohol, and two, like to nerd out. It's The Cocktail Workshop, An Essential Guide to Classic Drinks and How to Make Them Your Own by Stephen Grass and Adam Aris. All right. So those are our recommendations for gift books for 2021. Heck yeah. Patricia, what are you going to read next? 
This morning, I just finished The Gilded Ones by Namina Forna. Oh, what a ride. And because today was a bit of a rough day, I started Princess Floralinda and the Forty Flight Tower by Tamsin Muir. Yes. I'm so obsessed with that book. I feel like I've heard very few people mention it, and it's so good. So good. Well, you know what? I I know it's available on ebook and aud- yeah. and audiobook, but I don't know if they're selling physical copies anymore. Yeah, that's the thing about Subterranean Press. They put out these incredible books, but they only do them in limited runs because they're a boutique publisher. So if you do have an e-reader, it is available as an ebook. But I got the audiobook through the library. So I'm oh, listening. Awesome. I, I was able to snag a physical copy, but I'm actually listening to it. And it is it is a delight. I've listened to like 10 minutes of it. And it's already my new favorite thing. Yeah, it's like the paper bag princess grown up, basically. <laughs> what are you reading? Well, that reminds me that I read this book so long ago, and it's still four months to go, but I do want to point out, because you're talking about Princess Florinda, that my favorite T. Kingfisher book that I've read so far comes out in April. It is called Nettle and Bone, and the tagline is, Nettle and Bone isn't a fairy tale where the princess marries a prince, it's the one where she kills him. And it just reminds me of Princess Florinda, and it's just so good, and you should mark it down and get ready for it. But now, (laughs) so I am reading a book. I think it was Stephen Graham Jones I heard mention this book, so I picked up a copy. Uh, It's called Man F This House by Brian Asman, and the F is actually the F word, but it's about a scary haunted house. Sounds wild. I'd never heard of this author, but all of his stuff sounds pretty wild, so I'm excited about that. And I'm also reading Don't Say We Didn't Warn You by Ariel Delgado Dixon, which comes out in February about two sisters who are sent to this very scary camp for teenage delinquents. That's what it's called, something like that. Uh, And Joy Williams, who is an amazing author. I believe her book this year, Harrow, was, was long listed for the National Book Award. She's been singing its praises, so I'm very excited about this one. And that's it for today. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink, who is going to have to take out all my hiccups, uh, literal hiccups. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com. You can find us online. Patricia hangs out on Twitter and Instagram as the info file. That's T-H-E-I-N-F-O-P-H-I-L-E. I mostly hang out on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And one of these days, when I say full stable, one of my hosts is going to make a horse noise. I really, really, I hope for that day someday. Oh, well, yeah, you needed to tell me, so I I will work on my horse noise. And now that I put that pressure on you, I don't know that I can make a horse noise. No, now I'm really, I'm really looking forward to making it. <laughs> <laughs> well, horse noises aside, in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.